Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP, we got you covered all year long. Let's do it, let's do it, let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. It is Friday, December 16th. I'm your host, John June. And of course, this guy to my left, would be Greg Penniman, a.k.a. G Money. Greg, how you feeling on this uh, fantasy playoff Friday? Doing well, doing well. You know, getting those last-minute uh, decisions in right now, uh, last-minute additions. Uh, Thursday night happened, so, you know, maybe some people got off to a good start, uh, you know, decent start or a bad start. We'll see, but, you know, uh, we're ready for, ready for sun- Saturday first, actually, and then Sunday. And God bless you if you had Christian McCaffrey and or George Kittle playing in that Thursday night game. God bless you if you went against them because uh, you, you are feeling it right now. I mean, George Kittle goes pretty much the whole season uh, doing be basically mediocre at the tight end position to the point where on Wednesday's show I said, and I quote, I think I would go Jeff Driscoll over George Kittle. And hindsight is twenty twenty, but this those sounds like the dumbest words that I think I have ever spoken on this podcast, especially after the ninety two yard two touchdown performance by George Kittle. I mean, obviously, we're talking about the San Francisco Arizona Cardinals game, and uh, I mean, outside of Brock Purdy, basically just looking like he belongs in the NFL. Uh, in his third NFL action game of uh, NFL action, uh, George Kittle looked like he was very involved in the offense in terms of, uh, you know, being a weapon in the absence of, of Debo Samuel and whatnot. But, Greg, what do you think of the performance by the 49ers and, uh, you know, Brock Purdy and, you know, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, and, and so on and so forth? Yeah, definitely a great performance from them. The, the defense played well, as usual. Uh, McCaffrey getting those eight targets in the passing game looks like he, <clears throat> he's going to benefit the most uh, from the Debo Samuel absence, which is great. Uh, continue to just add to his RB1 resume pretty much. Uh, George Kittle got targeted five times. Uh, glad two of them were, were touchdowns. It's definitely good to see that. Uh, if he can um, be a factor in the red zone and then just making big plays uh, for sure. So, and uh, yeah, Mark Party is continuing to be a streaming value quarterback uh, for this offense. Uh, this The system, it, it works. It fits uh, anyone that makes them succeed. Uh, and glad, uh, you know, on the other side, Kenneth Walker was able to give people the, an RB2 day coming back off injury, uh, getting, you know, those uh, catches as well, uh, you know, in, in the passing game. It was okay. It was 11 PPR points. You that's an RB2 day. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It could be a RB2 week. It could, it could also end up being like RB3 week. I mean, I did say I had him as RB3. 11 points is like – and you felt fortunate to get that 11 points, right? Because it yeah. came down to those catches those catches at the end of the game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to, if you're getting double digits from from any player, typically you, you'd feel you'd feel decently good about it. So I, I, I'll give you that. But, yeah, the Christian McCaffrey usage was, was great. It seemed just like Brock Purdy was less like – all right, no one's open. Okay, where's where's McCaffrey? Uh, and you know Brock Purdy, he plays he plays with poise. Uh, you know he he doesn't seem rattled. You know no no moment or no situation is ever too big for him. It seems. I mean, again, small sample size here, but just even watching him, how he handled 
being backed up against his own his own goal line, right? Like a lot of young quarterbacks, they might not be, you know, a lot of young quarterbacks might not be conscious of that, you know, of where they are on the field at that point and the decision making and you know the risk first the reward of certain things. And for him, you know, on that third and thirteen, you know, being backed up and just saying, you know what, screw it, like I'm just gonna. You know, I'm either going to take off and run or, I, you know, I'll I'll get it to this check down. Hey, maybe we're not going to get a ton of yards out of it, but, you know, we'll punt. We'll play field position because I got a great defense. So, you know, Brock Purdy looks pretty, you know, pretty much ready for this. And, and you know, they've clinched the, the you know, their division. So they're going to go ahead into the playoffs there, uh, you know, play at least one home game there. So Brock Purdy, you know, we'll see how he – how he responds to playoff football, but I feel like he'll respond pretty well. Yeah, for sure. He'll continue to not kill you and give you a safe floor, I think. And then what about on the Seattle side? I mean, obviously, Kenneth Walker, he he was fine. Um, you know, DK Metcalf uh, was, was okay, I think, seven for 55. Uh, so, you know, again, not a terrible day. Uh, <clears throat> however, Tyler Lockett, you know, walks out of this game with, 60 something receiving yards but also what looks like a broken finger so he'll be he's expected to miss uh i mean again we're talking about seattle we're talking about Pete carroll so the prognosis says you players should be out for three weeks Pete carroll says he'll play this week so uh we'll, <laughs> we'll have to see Thanks. exactly <laughs> what's going on there uh but you know fantasy managers that are looking to count on tyler lockett for the fantasy playoffs might have to make contingency plans here. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't uh I would bank on Tyler Lockett, you know, being out for foreseeable time. You know, I just, you know, bank on worst case scenarios. He can prep for for next week if you you guys make it to next week. Uh DK, yeah, had a solid day. Um, you know, the offense as a whole was pretty down. No fan was able to get that touchdown at the end, so that was pretty big uh for people that streamed him. Um and yeah. We knew it was gonna be a tough matchup for Gino, so it wasn't a guy that you were we were jumping to play. Yeah, somebody asked me. Um, I still I still thought he could be a QB one, um, and because just that says mainly says more about the quarterbacks and their their matchups than it does about what I thought Gino could do in that game. Um, someone asked me on Twitter, Gino Smith or Deshaun Watson, and I said Gino Smith. I said it's tough, but I have Gino two spots higher. Uh, and I'm watching the game, and I was like, "Crap! I can't believe I recommended Geno Smith." And then by the end of it, he finishes with 15 and a half, uh, you know, fantasy points there, which is about exactly what I had him projected for. So I felt pretty good about that. So uh, for that person's sake, I'm just hoping Deshaun scores less. But yeah, uh, Greg, let's talk about some of these games. We obviously broke down Thursday night football. Um, you know, we we obviously have some Saturday games that we already discussed. So if you, if you haven't listened to that uh, or you, you haven't caught those breakdowns, just make sure you go back and listen. Uh, Cause we have a, a one o'clock game, a four 30 game, and then an eight, uh, eight 15, eight 30 primetime game. So uh, if you haven't listened to that, just make sure you go back and listen. And while you're there, just make sure your comment, like subscribe, whether you're watching on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or listening on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or Google play. Uh, just make sure you show the social, you show, the show some love. So without further ado, Greg, let's jump into these matchups. And the first matchup that we are going to discuss here today is the five and eight Atlanta Falcons traveling to New Orleans. They take on the four and nine New Orleans Saints. Both these teams are alive, not just well, they're alive for the division. Let's just say that. 
and <laughs> so in terms of the the weather, uh, this game is played in a dome, but most of the games this this week it will be cold. Uh, some of them will have wind, but we'll discuss those as we go along. But in regards to this game, in terms of the injuries for Atlanta, Marcus Mariota, he was officially placed on injury reserve with that knee injury. For New Orleans, Juwan Johnson, Adam Troutman, they're both limited participants dealing with ankle injuries. Mark Ingram was placed on the injured reserve. Dwayne Washington is dealing with an illness. And so Eno Benjamin was claimed after being waived by the Houston Texans. Uh, so he's on his third team in about a month, uh, going from Arizona to Houston to now New Orleans. So uh, in terms of this game here, I will take the under on 42 and a half. I will take the New Orleans Saint or the Atlanta Falcons rather to cover the four points. But I will take the New Orleans Saints to ultimately win the game here. For Atlanta, Drake London is interesting as a wide receiver three. Not sure I can trust any running back for Atlanta. Um, you know, you could tell yourself the narrative. Rookie quarterback, they're gonna lean on the run game. So but like Cordell Patterson hasn't been great. Uh, Tyler Algier, I think, is super efficient, but doesn't get, you know, enough work and enough volume for you to feel confident about that you'll get more than seven fantasy points. Uh, Desmond Ritter, I think, if you play in, in Superflex two quarterback leagues, he's somebody that I would stash because his skill set is intriguing. Hasn't, you know, he's athletic enough to run, uh, but he actually is a is a decent enough passer, and he graded out as uh, the second highest quarterback in my quarterback prospect model uh for rookies so he he is somewhat intriguing um but again just a stash from that standpoint for me and then on the new orleans side alvin Kamara and rb1 the matchup is good uh new orleans or atlanta rather allows the 10th most ppr points to running backs over the last three games atlanta is the worst matchup for wide receivers over the last three games so alave he does have that big play in him for sure but Again, like the matchup is tough, so I'm going to have him down as a wide receiver three. But I, I think that's really as far as I'm going to go in this game. Yeah, I'm going to also take the under. I'm going to take uh, Atlanta to cover, but I'm going to take the Saints to win. Uh, definitely not a lot of pieces you want to go crazy on here. But on the Atlanta side, um, I agree with you. You know, Drink London is probably the only option I'm um, looking at as a you know wide receiver four. Cordell Patterson has been struggling over the last four weeks. He's more on that low in RB3 territory, more mid-tier RB3, um, as if you just are not, don't really have any depth, you know, force to start him at a flex. Uh, but it, it's been it's been rough for him in the last, since he's come back from that injury. Um, on the Saints side, Alvin Kamara, agree with you, RB1 for sure. Uh, the receivers, yeah, uh, Atlanta have been good over, over the whole entire, bad over the entire year, but with AJ Rattoral being back, I think that really helped him out a lot. So uh, Chris Olave, uh, I think is a low in wide receiver too. Um, and that's about it. Um, it's, you know, I guess, you you know, Taysom Hill has the, the Jeff Driscoll kind of aspect there, but, you know, he, you're pretty much banking on him getting a touchdown if you're playing him. Yeah, I mean, uh, we did see how his, his usage go up dramatically as a as a pass catcher, mm -hmm. you know, with the absence of both Johnson and and Troutman. So yep. I, I maybe they, they go back to that again. He did play significant snaps that week. So there's a possibility there that he could he could be valuable. Um, let's move on to the next game here. And so we've got – this game is interesting, more interesting by the minute. The 6-7 and seven Detroit Lions, I want to see if this line moved. It did move a little bit. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, the six and seven Detroit Lions. This game, a corner fan to a sports book. Uh, we had it down as a 44 and a half point uh, total. I guess it moved by a point to 43 and a half. Uh, but we'll prognosticate on the 44 and a half, Greg. Um, in terms of the, I said the Detroit Lions are one point favorites, 44 and a half point total. Uh, in terms of the weather, we're okay there. In terms of injuries, there's a bunch of guys questionable for the Detroit Lions. Uh, nothing that's really concerning, though. For the New York Jets, Corey Davis, he is out with the concussion. Mike White is out with a rib injury. Quinn and Williams, he's been a DMP all week with a calf. He's questionable. I doubt he plays. Uh, Brandon Eccles, he is out. Uh, he's a, a sub-corner there. And then there's a few other guys questionable for the Jets. But like I said, Mike White is out, which means Zach Wilson returns to the starting lineup after recently being elevated to QB2 uh, earlier in the week. Greg, where are you with this game, and and what are your thoughts here? Uh, I'm going to take the over still. Uh, I'm going to take the Lions to cover, Lions to win. Um, and this matchup here on Detroit, uh, still a tough matchup on the outside for those receivers. Uh, wouldn't go crazy on, you know, starting Jared Goff after a really good game last week. Um, see him as like a high in QB2. Uh, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, though, you know, playable running backs. Uh, DeAndre Swift's been hot a lot over the last couple of weeks. He's, you know, I think they're both in RB2 territory. Uh, if they want to get a touchdown, they have some some RB1 upside. Uh, Amara St. Brown is probably the only receiver I'm really looking at as a lock. Uh, so as a, you know, borderline wide receiver one, uh, the ancillary guys, you know, DJ Shark, Josh Reynolds, maybe you could find other options for them. Uh, and, you know, um, as far as the Jet side, Definitely, you know, Zach Wilson being back affects this uh, offense. Um, you know, you got to expect. I'm not sure, you know, what we're going to expect actually out of him, even though it's a really good matchup. Um, he's, you know, he's had match, great matchups this year. Uh, so, uh, you know, I wouldn't be that confident in switching from, you know, Mike White to, to Zach Wilson to, to go rush and play as a, as a you know, a potential stream of the week category type player. Um, so, the running game, though, is very solid. I still think that's a, a good look for them, uh, even though Detroit's run game is, is pretty is pretty solid. Donovan, Donovan Knight, um, he's RB2, high in RB2 category. Uh, and as far as the receivers, uh, they still, I think, are have some solid matchups on the outside. Uh, you know, uh, Elijah, Elijah Morris, we, uh, you know, upside flex, I think, in this one. Uh, and, and Gary Wilson, you know, borderline wide receiver one as well. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't. Again, the bump down, I think, to, uh, to everyone, kind of this this offense kind of changes a lot. Yeah, this is – I'm really genuinely curious to see how this goes because um, we saw a completely different offense with Mike White in terms of not just, you know, how it functioned, but, you know, as a play caller, it was clear Mike LaFleur trusts Mike White a lot more than he does Zach Wilson in terms of, the volume of pass plays that they run and how frequently they, they throw the football in terms of the game though, and how it plays out. Mike white being out changes nothing for me. I would have picked it the same way uh, with Zach. You know, if Mike white was playing, I'm taking the under I'm taking Detroit to cover. I'm taking the De Detroit to win. Uh, I mean, Detroit is playing like the jets were playing in October, right? Like, they're they're going up against teams that 
are on paper better than them, have a better record, and they're they're beating them handedly, um, you know, pretty decisively, and they're not taking any any BS from any other team, right? Like they're not the same lions that they've been in the past. Like they will punch you in the mouth, and they've resolved all the way back to it. I think they started what one in was it one in six, Greg? I forget what the record. Yeah, I think was. one in five or one in six. Yeah, yeah. And now they're six and seven, uh, with a shot to they're mathematically alive to win their division and make the playoffs here. So when it's all said and done, I I, I see both teams having the same record here, seven and seven. For Detroit, Amon Ross St. Brown, he's still a wide receiver one for me. Like I mentioned earlier in the week, he'll primarily play in the slot. He plays about 60% of his snaps from the slot. DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner do not travel there. They've traveled there occasionally, but they don't follow number one receivers into the slot. Stephon Diggs played in the slot a lot, and they didn't send those guys in there. And now while the Jets are still effective, I think Amon Ra is still very good and, and a focal point of this offense that he'll still be, you know, his floor will still be there. I agree with you. Goff is a, a low-end QB, two. This matchup is tough. The Jets allow the 24th most fantasy points to the quarterback position over their last three games. Uh, I agree with the running back assessment. Swift is the running back that I would play. Uh, have him as an RB3. Uh, Jamal Williams, I think, is a touchdown-dependent RB3. Um, you know, Maybe the Jets' run game gives up, gives in a little bit more with, with if Quentin Williams is forced to sit this game, which I think he will. Uh, but we'll see how that plays out. On the Jets side, Zach Wilson, he's a high, a risky high upside option for, as a quarterback too. Uh, obviously, we know the matchup here is great. Detroit allows the second most fancy points to the quarterback position. Zach Wilson hasn't been very good. But one thing Zach Wilson does bring to the table that Mike White didn't bring was mobility, which I think we see him use some of that a little bit more because um, he was starting to do that in the previous games. Uh, but uh, again, the floor could bottom out. We could get the Zach Wilson that played against New England and just doesn't show up, or you know, we could get the Zach Wilson that that played against the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Miami Dolphins or you know even the Buffalo Bills. So yeah, curious to see how it, how it turns out. But um, Garrett Wilson, I, I have him down as a wide receiver too. Uh, Bam Knight, I think he's a volume based RB two. Uh, Detroit has tightened up versus running backs. They actually allow the 32nd most PPR points to running backs over their last three games. So they are the worst matchup for running backs over the last three weeks. And so, especially with Zach Wilson starting, I really feel like Detroit's going to, you know, conjure up a, a game plan where it's like, all right, Zach, like Zach Wilson has to beat us. So that could be a tough, tough sled in there for the run game. Elijah Moore, you mentioned him, definitely an intriguing option. The range of outcomes, they're they're wide. Right, it could be you know a, a one-two target day, but uh, Detroit allows uh, they 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 give it up to slot receivers, and that's where Elijah Moore plays a lot of his his snaps. And if the Jets are forced to go to a pass-heavy approach, Elijah Moore will be on the football field. So I think opportunities should be there. He's definitely in play as a as a wide receiver three flex option. If Mike White played in this game, I think I would have started Elijah Moore confidently in the League of Extraordinary People over Jalen Waddle. Because yeah, Jalen Waddle Jalen Waddle plays in the snow game tomorrow against Buffalo. Like, and it's just like it's almost impossible to see any upside coming out of that game. But um yeah, it was just something a, a thought. Uh, Jalen Waddle is not like locked in wide receiver two that I think people 
we'll look to him as this week. But let's move on to this next matchup. The 10 and 3 Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Houston to take on the 1 11 and 1 Houston Texans. This game has a 48 and a half point total where the Houston Texans are 14 home po- 14 point home underdogs here. In terms of the weather, this game's okay. In terms of injuries for Houston, Brandon Cooks was limited on Thursday, limited on Friday, not expected to play. Damian Pierce, he's doubtful with an ankle. He's also not expected to play. Nico Collins, he's most likely expected to miss this game with a foot injury. And then for Kansas City, Kadarius Toney, he was a limited participant of practice with a hamstring. In terms of the game here, I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take Kansas City to cover. I'm going to take Kansas City to win. For Houston, Greg, you finally got me. I'm on board with Chris Moore this week. Might not have Cooks or Collins again. You know, both those guys most likely out. And the last time that happened in a game against Dallas last week, Moore had more than 40% of the targets. I believe it was 45% of the team targets. Uh, so, and, and Houston should be playing a decent, uh, you know, playing a decent amount from behind in this game. Not sure which running back I want to target for Houston. I mean, Rex Burkhead seemed to play most of the early down role while Daria Gumbawale played the passing down role, which I think is the role that they need in this game, but it's kind of also confusing because Rex Burkhead can also play that role. So not really sure which way I lean, but right now my gut is telling me to go with the Goomba Wale. Uh, for Kansas City, I think it's the usuals, right? Mahomes and Kelsey, of course, they're ones at their respective positions. Uh, Pacheco here uh, is going to be the RB2 for me. Uh, with RB1 upside, the matchup is great, and he should – be he should benefit some from some positive game script. So I think if he's an RB two, then that would be McKinnon is closer to an RB three. Probably not going to have some you know the upside that he had last week. Uh, and then Juju Smith Schuster, he's a wide receiver three for me. Yeah, I'm also I'm gonna take the under as well. Uh, I'm gonna take Houston to cover, but I'm gonna take Kansas City to win. Uh, you know, having Davis Mills back kind of helps Houston's passing game definitely a lot of bit. So uh, on the Houston side, um, Chris Moore has a solid great matchup this week. Uh, he should be an upside flex as well. Uh, I think he's got some wide receiver two upside in this matchup, especially with <clears throat> if he's the only receiver that's healthy and ready to play, uh, he should get heavy targeted. Uh, both uh, Dara Gumawale and Rex Burkhead, I think are both in that RB4 territory. If you're really looking for some depth um, and some injuries, uh, I think, you know, you could go one of them to give you a, a low floor, um, but no, no one I'm really jumping to start. Uh, and then on the Kansas City side, Mahomes, mid-tier QB1. Uh, I think they should rely a lot on the run game. Isaiah Pacheco on the smash by here. Uh, Jared McKinnon, I think, is a low on RB2 as well. Um, and then Juju Smith-Schuster, low on wide receiver too. Uh, and, and, you know, Travis Kelsey being the, the dominant tight end. He is, he's, you know, the tight end one on the week, every week. Yeah, and definitely failed to mention I did, and and I noticed you did as well. Jeff Driscoll, if you play in Yahoo leagues, definitely a reasonable stream at the tight end position. Yes, sir. Um, zero viewer viewer says I feel like Orlando Brown is in such form; he's a real cornerstone to the team. Plus, the Chiefs have an Apache style to them, which gives them the edge. Yeah, that's fair analysis. I w- I would say. All right, let's move on to this next matchup here. The 12 and 1 Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Chicago to take on the 3 and 10 Chicago Bears. This game has a 48 and a half point total. 
the Chicago Bears are nine point home underdogs. Weather is okay in this game. It's supposed to be cold with uh, some wind, uh, but not enough to impact the passing game here. But uh, definitely will will make the on field temperature seem a little bit chillier uh, for Chicago. Chase Claypool did not practice with a knee, and it was recently reported that he's actually expected to miss the next four weeks. Uh, I don't know if they officially place him on the injured reserve or if that's just the timeline of his injury. But uh, Deon, uh, David Montgomery, rather, he was a DMP with an illness. And then for Philadelphia, Dallas Goddard has de- been designated to return from the injured reserve. Uh, so, you know, and then they have a few other guys questionable. Uh, in this matchup, Greg, where do you lean? I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take uh, the Eagles to cover, uh, and I'm going to take the Eagles to win. Um, on the Eagles side, I think they Jalen Hurts, you know, possibly the QB1 on the week, uh, you can rank them, especially in this matchup. The Bears, you know, aren't great against the run. They're not very good against the pass. So, you know, Jalen Hurts, should you be able to use his legs and also have his receivers on the outside with some solid matchups. A.J. Brown, wide receiver one. Devontae Smith high upside wide receiver too uh and and if Dallas Goddard is able to play you you put him instantly back as a uh, tied in one category uh, especially in this matchup um so those pieces are, are there and then the best person uh, in smash by here is Miles Sanders again I think he's got a, a prime spot here for for another possible you know start of the week type of week um on the Bears side uh Justin Fields you're playing him as a QB1 no matter the matchup uh Dave Montgomery I think he's a you know, high end, uh, you know, high end or Robbie too, uh, and in this matchup uh, as the only running back, he's going to get a lot of opportunity. And as far as the receivers, don't really want anyone except Colcom as a pass catcher, low end tight end one. Taking the words right out of my mouth, there I'm, I am going to go the over. I'm going to go Chicago to cover. Going to go Philly to win. Justin Fields for me, QB one. Um, Monty, he's, you know, David Montgomery, he's an RB2. Cole Komet, low-end tight end one. Uh, not really looking to any pass catchers other than Cole Komet, like you said. For Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts, like, he, yeah, again, he could be the quarterback one. Uh, just if another fantastic spot for him. A.J. Brown, wide receiver one. Devontae Smith, high-end wide receiver two. Miles Sanders, like you said, in another smash spot here, uh, a high-end RB1. And then if Dallas Goddard can go, he's back in your lineup as a, a middle, you know, mid-tier tight end one if he's activated. Yep. All right, let's move on to the next matchup. We've got the 5-8 and eight Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Carolina to take on the 5-8 and eight Carolina Panthers. This game has a 38.5 point total where the Carolina Panthers are 2.5 point home favorites. For In terms of weather, we're okay there. In terms of injuries, Carolina's mostly okay. For Pittsburgh, uh, Pat Fryermuth and Deontay Johnson both started on the injury report. They both have been removed from the injury report after being DMPs with a foot and a hip, respectively. Kenny Pickett is doubtful with the concussion, so he most likely will not play in this game. Uh, and then Miles Jack was a DMP with a groin. In terms of the game here, I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take Carolina to cover. I will take Carolina to win. For Carolina, Foreman and Hubbard, both RB3 flex options. For Pittsburgh, Deontay Johnson is a wide receiver too. If he, you know, he's expected to go, so he's a wide receiver too. Um, not really sure. I, I, I want to go with Pickens. Hasn't been as productive as late. Hasn't seen the target volume, and I don't want that many. I don't want to be too invested in in Mitch Trubisky. So uh, yeah, I will 
not I will be hesitant to play Pickens this week. And then for Najee Harris, he's an RB3. It's based on volume. The matchup is not great. We recently talked about Carolina's defense and how good they've been. Uh, and, yeah, so Najee Harris and RB3, again, based on volume. Yeah, I'm also – I'm going to take – well, I'm going to take the under. Uh, I'm going to take Pittsburgh to cover and Pittsburgh to win. Um, on the Pittsburgh side, it's really, you know, Najee Harris uh, high in RB3. I think he get a, a RB2 day if he gets a touchdown. Um, as far as the pass catchers, you know, the only one I'm really trusting is Pat Fireman as a lock at the tight end position, uh, tight end one. Deontay Johnson's uh, in the wide receiver three territory, uh, could give you a safe floor if he uh, gets targeted heavily. On the Carolina side, though, um, the running backs, again, it's really up and down all year. I think, you know, Deontay Foreman is uh, kind of the guy I'm, again, trusting um, as a, a low on RB2. Um, and that's about it. DJ Moore is an RB3. Uh, I mean, wide receiver three. Um, and yeah, no one he want too many pieces from this game, though. Yeah, definitely want too many pieces from this game. Uh, I don't know if DJ Moore was on the injury report. I know he was earlier. He was on the injury report earlier this week. Is he expected to play? I didn't write him up because I was uh, not sure if he was going to play. Um, questionable after a limited practice. He's a game time decision against the Steelers. I didn't realize. Like I took. I didn't take the L for him being my start of the week because he was injured. But I did not realize, Greg, that he played 96% of the snaps before the injury. Got a so, great matchup this week, too. Steelers are, are, you know. I am sorry to everyone that played DJ Moore after I made him my start of the week, and he did that. And I didn't even take the L here. So I owe you an apology because that must have sucked. Um, anyway. Could do you could you confidently play him this week in the matchup in despite the good matchup? Um, I think with you know Sam Darnold, I think you can play him. I think he's a uh, more with the with the matchup, and if he's coming off an injury, it is tough. Uh, but I think I could see him as a, a flex. Yeah, I mean it's definitely uh you know the range of outcomes are wide. You know he did well in a in a bad matchup against Denver, right, and then turns around and yeah. does does poorly in, in a good matchup against Seattle. So willing to just, you know, say that that was the randomness of, 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 of football, right? Like it happens. Um, all right, let's move on to the next game. Let's talk about the 10 and three Dallas Cowboys traveling to Jacksonville. I take on the five and eight Jacksonville Jaguars. This game has a 47 and a half point total where the Dallas Cowboys are four and a half point road favorites in this one. Weather is okay in this one. In terms of uh, injuries for Jacksonville, uh, well, for Dallas, they have a few guys questionable, but nobody really, really concerned. Uh, for Jacksonville, uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's question or limited with the toe injury, so he's questionable. They got a few other guys questionable as well. Um, in terms of the game here, though, Greg, where do you lean? I'm going to take the over. Uh, I'm going to take mm, Dallas to cover and, and Dallas to win. Uh, on Dallas side, uh, I think, you know, Jacksonville being a you know a solid rush defense, I think it will allow Dak to kind of lean on the the passing game a little bit. So I think he's in a good spot here. Uh, Jaguars on the outside is very weak though, uh, so that messes up a good matchup here for for Dak to give you a QB one day. The running back story, you're still playing them. Tony Pollard and Zeke, I think are both uh, in that borderline RB one territory. I think Tony Pollard, of course, has the higher upside, uh, but Zeke is like strong RB two at the very least. Uh, the receivers. CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver one. 
uh, Michael Gallup, I think, is a, a wide receiver three. Uh, Dalton Schultz is also in the smash right here uh, on the outside. I think he's going to be the main guy uh, Dak looks to is besides CeeDee Lamb. Um, so a lot of pieces on Dallas sides to play on Jacksonville side. Not going crazy to start Trevor Lawrence this week. I think I would take Dak in this matchup over Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he has been hot, but, uh, you know, Dallas being a, a solid defense. I still think Trevor Lawrence is a, a borderline QB1, um, but there's some power, some hotter matchups you could possibly play. Um, but the receivers on the outside, Christian Kirk, uh, wide receiver one, Zay Jones, strong wide receiver two, uh, Evan Ingram, a tight end one. Um, so I, I t- taking the over, so I think that's going to be points to be had. So Trevor Lawrence is still playable. Yeah, I'm going to take the over here as well. I'm going to take Dallas to cover Dallas to win. Dak Prescott, he's a QB1. Don Schultz, a, a tight end one option, probably a top two option at the position this week uh, with a fantastic matchup. Uh, Tony Pollard, he's an RB2. Uh, so is Zeke. Uh, obviously, how the touchdowns fall, both of those guys could end up RB ones. I mean, they've done that, you know, a few times so far this season. Uh, but you know, in terms of where I have them ranked, they'll be RB twos for me. CD Lamb matchup is good. I, I have him down as a wide receiver too, just based on recent usage and, and then the matchup here. But wouldn't be surprised to see him finish as a wide receiver one. And then for Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence. The QB1, uh, Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, both going to be wide receiver twos for me. Evan Ingram, he's a, a tight end one option. The matchup isn't great, though. So, don't you know, if you're expecting the 11 catch, 162 yard, two touchdown performance, uh, you definitely should not expect that because you probably won't get it. Um, Travis Etienne is a borderline un, unplayable at this point. Uh, Crazy. But he's an RB3 at best, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. Didn't mention him, but yeah, for sure. I think he's still an RB3. The running back department at is best. Rough. At best, so yeah. <laughs> you got to hope this game kind of pops off a little bit for him, though. Yeah, I mean, he's got to break yeah. a long touchdown run, or he's got to get used in the passing game a little bit more for you to, to really to really get that upside. Um, in terms of, you know, it's funny, right, because we just talked about Evan Ingram, if you were expecting that. Like, don't expect that again. And then it just made me think back to Kadarius Tony after he had the 10 catch 189 yard game against the Cowboys. And I, then I said the next week, I was like, yeah, we're never going to get that game again. <laughs> and we haven't gotten it since. So uh, yeah. Anyway, let's move on to this next game here. We've got the four and nine Arizona Cardinals traveling to Denver to take on the three and 10 Denver Broncos. This game has a 36 and a half point total where the Denver Broncos are two and a half point home favorites. In terms of weather, no weather concerns in this game. In terms of injuries for Arizona, Zach Wilson or Zach Allen rather is out with a hand injury after having surgery. Defensive lineman uh, Kyler Murray, obviously we talked about him tearing his ACL. He's placed on injured reserve for Denver. Cortland Sutton and Kendall Hinton both out of this game, both dealing with injuries. Uh, Russell Wilson who was limited, returned on Thursday to a limited practice, apparently was cleared from the concussion protocol, but is listed as out and will not play. So Brett Rippian will get the start here for the Arizona Cardinals, or for the Denver Broncos. In terms of the game here, I'm going to take the under. I will take the Cardinals to cover. I will take the Cardinals to win for Arizona. James Conner, DeAndre Hopkins, both ones at their respective positions. 
Marquise uh, Brown, he's a wide receiver three or four. Did pop up on the injury report today with an illness. Uh, so maybe that downgrades him a little bit, uh, depending on how he's feeling. But uh, for Denver, I think Lat Murray, Latavius Murray, I, I have him ranked as an RB1. I don't think he finished as an RB1 last week, and that's kind of where I had him ranked last week as well. So definitely proceed with caution there. But the volume has been good enough that I think he's an RB2, especially no Russell Wilson. Um, you know, he's definitely an RB2 with some RB1 upside there. Uh, you know, again, the matchup is great. You know, the, the Arizona Cardinals allow the sixth most PPR points to the running back position over their last three games. So uh, you could lean into that if you're desperate at the running back position. Jerry Judy, a wide receiver, two for me this week. Uh, Greg Dosich, he's a tight end one. Again, it's the matchup and, you know, potential in, or the injuries here. Yeah, I'm also going to take the under. I'm going to take the Cardinals to cover and the Cardinals to win as well. I think the better running game uh, kind of wins here. Uh, Arizona's got it. Um, and Denver's not, you know, very, very good on the, you know, very solid as a rush defense. On the Cardinals side, though, uh, James Conner and DeAndre Hopkins agree with you. They're ones at their position. Hollywood Brown is a, a wide receiver three for me. Um, and then on the Denver side, uh, Latavius Murray, I think, is a, a RB2. Uh, in, in this spot, uh, low on RB2, and Greg Dulce is just probably the tight end option, the main pass catching option I'm, I'm going looking to uh, as a tight end one. Jared Judy uh, should get some opportunities, though. Uh, it's a tough matchup, but uh, I think I like him as a wide receiver, too. Yep, I agree. Let's move on to the next matchup here. Let's go on with the 7-6 and six. New England Patriots traveling to Las Vegas to take on the 5-8 and eight Las Vegas Raiders. This game has a 44.5-point total. And the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick are 1.5-point favorites over his protege, Josh McDaniels. In terms of weather, we're okay. This game's in a dome. In terms of injuries, Josh Jacobs, he was limited with a quad and a hand. Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro were both designated to return from the injured reserve. Jacoby Myers, DMP with a concussion. Don't expect him to play. Damian Harris, limited with a thigh. Not sure what to expect there. Devontae Parker, he was a DMP with a concussion. Don't expect him to play either. And then Ramondre Stevenson, he, after being a DMP uh, with an ankle, he uh, returned to limited practice on Friday. And then Christian Barmore, he he's designated to return from injured reserve. Greg, where do you lean with this game? This game, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take um, the Pats to cover, the Pats to win. Um, as far as, you know, <clears throat> the Patriots side, I can see, can make an argument here for, you know, Mac Jones to be in Superflex conversation. I think this is one, one of those weeks that Mac Jones uh, can, can pop off a little bit so he can give you a, a high in QB2 day. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, you're hoping he's going. If he goes, he's an RB1 uh, for sure uh, in this good matchup, especially if Damian Harris is going to be out. Um, if he can't go, though, uh, you know, look to um, some other options for uh, the Patriots running back um, on Patriots running back situation here. Uh, as far as the receivers, uh, you know, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, I think they can be used in deeper leagues as a wide receiver three. Uh, and both of them have upside, I think, in, in this matchup. If you're in a deep league and you're desperate to find a wide receiver, I think you can look to possibly both of these guys uh, to, to give you a solid floor. Um, on the Raiders side, uh, it's really Josh Jacobs as an RB1 uh, for me, despite the matchup, uh, and Devonta Adams being a wide receiver one as well. And if Darren Wall is able to go, uh, then, you know, he's a low-end tight end one. 
Yeah, I'm going to take the over here. I'm going to take the Vegas Raiders to cover. I'm going to take the Vegas Raiders to win. Uh, Josh Jacobs, definitely an RB1. Devontae uh, Adams, a wide receiver one for sure. Um, not – you said you, – you brought up Darren Waller. That's interesting. I feel like because of the tight end landscape, you'd almost have to uh, unless you have a better option, which you could because what if you have like a David Njoku or yeah. – you know, what if Joker, Dalton Schultz, uh, you know, I think I would play Greg Dulcich over over Darren Waller. Yeah, I, it's just it's tough because he wasn't really super productive before the injury. Uh, but again, we don't know how long he was dealing with that. So, yeah, I don't know. That's that's definitely interesting. But for uh, I, yeah, I definitely say Josh Jacobs and, and Devontae Adams, why or you know, ones at their respective positions for New England. If I don't expect Ramondre to go, I mean, they did this last time with Mac Jones when he had the high ankle sprain, like didn't practice all week and then showed up to a limited practice. And then they're like, he's like, Oh, yeah, I practice, but then he didn't play. And then even with a running back with a high ankle sprain, you know, there's no like. Just, I, I find it really hard to believe that Ramondre Stevenson would come in one game after suffering a high ankle sprain with less days rest because this happened on Monday Night Football. And then you had to travel from the West Coast to the East Coast. Actually, no, they stayed on the West Coast. So you guess he didn't travel. But either way, uh, you know, having to play six days after suffering a high ankle sprain, like I, I find that very hard um, that he would do that and do it effectively. So uh, Damian Harris... <laughs> People, there's you know injury experts or don't anticipate that he would play, but he's been limited. Uh, so if he if he can't go, you know I heard you saying the Patriots running backs. Uh, I believe Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris were the names. Um, I'm more of the Pierre Strong uh, camp, mainly because of his receiving ability, and he just he looked like when he got in the open field like. He was he was he was moving, so um, you know has some real speed there. So if if Harris can't go, I really like Pierre Strong this week. I think you'd expect a tandem of 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 Strong and Harris, uh, of Kevin Harris, and then if if Damian Harris can go, uh, I do I still like Strong to have upside because he seems like the the only the best fit for the pass catching role between the two Harrises, Damian and Kevin, and himself. So. Either way, I think he has a role as the pass catching running back, especially without Stevenson. Hunter Henry also, you know, he has some intrigue as a tight end option. And then, yeah. like you mentioned, with Nelson Aguilar, I think, you know, I mean, no Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar is going to have to play here and get the ball down the field. You know, they're going to have to get the ball down the field some way, somehow. And it's somewhat of a revenge game for Nelson Aguilar because he did play for the Raiders. There you go. Yeah. No, Hunter Henry for sure is also in a great matchup as well. Yeah. I mean, he's your stream of the week, right? So, yes, sir. All right, let's move on to this next matchup here. 405 P or 425 is this these last two games we covered were at 405, actually. But this next game here, 425 PM, the seven and six Tennessee Titans traveling to Los Angeles to take on the seven and six LA Chargers. This game has a 46 and a half point total where the LA Chargers are three point favorites. In terms of the weather, we're okay. In terms of injuries, Derwin James listed as doubtful with a quad not expected to play. For Tennessee, Traylon Burks is listed as out with a concussion, will not play in this game. I am going to take the over. I am going to take the Titans to cover, and I'm going to take the Titans to win. 
this game is going to be crazy. It's the Chargers. They play in this game. Yep. So expect whatever you think could happen because it probably will in this game. Uh, and then for the Chargers, Justin Herbert, high in QB1. I think I love all the Chargers pieces in this game. Herbert's a high in QB1. Mike Williams is a high in wide receiver one along with Keenan Allen. Austin Eckler, he's an RB1. Gerald Everett. He has a fantastic matchup. Again, that man has Again. had the best matchup of a tight end <laughs> this season, yo. This matchup has been all amazing, yo. Again. Which says a lot, right? Because if his matchups are so good and he's still just like the like barely a tight end one. Yeah, average. Like, he's been average at best. What does yeah. that say about Gerald Everett? I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, uh, anyway, Josh Palmer. Is a wide receiver three or four? Um, again, the matchup here is great. Tennessee struggles against wide receivers and just passing games in general. So if you need an option, you need you know a flex that can have a high ceiling. I think Josh Palmer could be your guy. And then for Tennessee, Tannehill, he's my stream of the week at the quarterback position. I think he's a QB one option. And what's a rough week for quarterbacks? Derrick Henry, an RB one. The matchup was great on paper. Uh, you know the Chargers did shut down the pass game, the the run game of the Miami Dolphins last week, but Derrick Henry is, I feel like he's due, man. So definitely an RB one day loading, uh, and then Chigo, uh, Chigozem Okonkwo, uh, and Austin Hooper, I think can both be tight end one options in this game. Yeah, I'm gonna take the over. I'm gonna take the Chargers to cover, Chargers to win. Definitely a field goal game here for sure, though. Uh, on the Tennessee side, uh, oh, sorry, on the Chargers side, I agree with you pretty much uh, for all those players. Herbert being a uh, prime matchup QB1, Eckler RB1, uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, both uh, Keenan Allen being a wide receiver one, Mike Williams being a strong wide receiver two. Uh, and as far as, you know, Jared Everett, he's a, a playable borderline tight end one. Uh, the matchup is great. And, you know, he's still he's still going to get his, uh, his number of targets. It's a matter of what he's going to do with them. Um on the you know and Josh Palmer as well, I think he's a in in that flex category, um, deeply flex category with those other receivers being back. On the Chargers side, on the Tennessee side, Tannehill he's a uh, high in QB two for me. Uh, Derrick Henry, uh, Derrick Henry also Eckler, you know the top two running backs on the matchup for uh, for this spot, so they they should both dominate. Um, Traylon Burks, I think he's a wide receiver three and. Uh, oh, no, Traylon Burks for sure. Yeah, he's he's over. <laughs> and Chigo, yeah, I think he's a streamable tight end. Um, I think coming off the you know, best week of his wheel of the year last week, uh, solid matchup. So he should continue to be used with the, along with Austin Hooper. Yeah, the matchup's not tough there, but they do they script plays for him, uh, for Chigo and and you know with Traylon Burks out, I think there's got to be some usage here, some utilization for the tight ends. But I, I do expect Robert Woods and or Nick Westbrook Akine to to have some upside. I just don't know which one it's going to be, so I can't recommend it. Um all right, let's move on to this next matchup here. 9 and 4 Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Tampa Bay. We'll take on the 6 and 7 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This game has a 43 and a half point total where the Cincinnati Bengals are three and a half point road favorites in this one. In terms of weather, we're okay there. In terms of, of injuries for Cincinnati, Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins were both limited. However, T. Higgins returned to a full practice on Friday. So that is definitely good news. Hayden Hurst is out with the calf. Defensive end edge rusher Trey Hendrickson, he's out with the wrist. For Tampa Bay, Julio Jones DMP with a with the knee, 
Antoine Winfield Jr., the safety, questionable with an ankle. Greg, where do you lean on this matchup? I'm gonna take the over. I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Cincy to cover and Cincy to win. Uh, on the Cincy side, uh, you know, Joe Barrow, QB one matchup. Uh, as far as the running backs, Joe Mixon and RB one. Uh, Samaja P Ryan, I think, is a you know RB three, RB four territory. Uh, as far as the receivers, it looks like no Hayden Hurst uh, and Tyler Boyd is banged up. So you gotta go to the over reliable top two. Uh, you know, T Higgins and Jamar Chase. I think I both have some. If T Higgins is back and healthy, I think they both have some wide receiver one upside. Uh, obviously, Jamar Chase is uh, in a high upside wide receiver one. T Higgins more like a safe floor wide receiver two, but I think he has wide receiver one upside. And on you know the Tampa side, uh, Brady, I think he's going to have to put up some points here. Um, so to stay with Cincinnati's offense, so I think he's you know, high in QB two. Uh, Leonard Fournette uh, and Rashad White, um, if they're both able to go, Fournette's able to go. Um, I think they're both in that RB3 territory. Uh, and as far as the receivers, it's tough to, you know, trust Mike Evans right now. Chris Goblin is the one I really want uh, as a wide receiver. Uh, Mike Evans, low one wide receiver two uh, territory for me. Yeah, so for me, I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals to cover. I will also take the Cincinnati Bengals to win this game. Uh, in terms of the the fantasy analysis, I am going to take uh, Jamar Chase. I, I feel like he's the wide receiver one on the week here potentially. Uh, you know the matchup is is it's good, but he's been absolutely fantastic. So definitely love that there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of uh, for you know, for T. Higgins, I have a little bit not, not concern. I think obviously we know what the production is. He's a wide receiver too, uh, with wide receiver one upside. I guess my only concern there is that he is uh, you know prone potentially to re-injury here. Uh, you know, practice in full, so that's not you know cons- you know maybe less of a concern than it was, but just you know hamstrings can be tricky. Uh, but that's more of like a a DFS thing than it is a redraft thing. You're gonna you're gonna play T Higgins in redraft leagues. In terms of uh, Joe Burrow, QB one for sure. Joe Mixon and RB one for Tampa Bay. Uh, Chris Godwin, a wide receiver two. Fournette and Rashad White. They're both RB twos, but that workload split was almost dead even last week in terms of the, the, the points and the you know fantasy out uh, you know output. Uh, but it seemed like Rashad White was a little bit more involved as a runner where Fournette was involved as a receiver. Um, I I still would lean Rashad White, though. Uh, just, again, he has a higher upside. Mike Evans is, like, impossible to trust based on recent production. But I think you can get away with playing him just because he's experienced some, like, some really bad luck. I think, you know, just if it wasn't – if it's not Brady, like, you know, behind him a little bit or overthrowing him a little bit here – or throwing it short, or you know, maybe Mike Evans is running the wrong route, and we don't know that. Or if it's, you know, just last week where he catches a seventy-something yard touchdown and it gets called back for holding. So I I feel like you you can play Mike Evans. You just don't feel confident when you insert him into your lineup. And then for Tom Brady, I have not had Brady ranked inside the top tw- inside my top twenty since I don't know since like the first few weeks of the season. And rightfully so. I mean, he's finished. He's only got 
three QB one performances on the year. And two of those came back to back weeks between, you know, playing against Kansas city and Atlanta. Uh, and, you know, most recently was the new Orleans game in week 13, which, you know, a lot of that came on that last drive there to win that game. So I don't know if you could confidently play Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, playoff Tom Brady historically hasn't been really good, but I think the kind of the Kansas City formula here is Bengals are going to be putting up points. So I think, you know, can give you a, a you know, QB 13 day, QB 14 range. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that would be fortunate if that happened, right? Like yeah. you'd feel fortunate QB 13, QB 14. So it's it's tough. Um, you know, it really sucks if you were banking on somebody like Mike White in this great matchup, but um, and it's not again not a great quarterback week. So, like you said, if you think this game goes over, Tom Brady has to keep pace with, with Joe Burrow, then most definitely makes sense from that standpoint. Uh, let's move on to this next game, which Makes Greg all excited because he gets to see his Giants in prime time here, playing against the seven and five, seven five and one New York Giants, playing against the seven five and one Washington Commanders. This game has a forty and a half point total. The Washington Commanders are four and a half point home favorites. The last time these two teams faced off was actually not that long ago; it was two weeks ago. And the Commanders have had a bye week since that game, so they played the Giants, went on bye, played the Giants again. I don't think that's happened since like the 1960s, I think was what I had seen earlier, um, that a team played a team and then went on by and then played that same team again. Uh, so the uh, in terms of weather, we're okay. In terms of injuries for the New York Giants, Xavier McKinney, who suffered the hand injury, uh, I guess was on track to potentially return for this game. He's out. Daniel Bellinger, he's limited with ribs. Uh, Ellerson Smith, he's on IR with an Achilles injury. Richie James Jr., wide receiver, was limited with a concussion. And then for Washington, Montez Sweat was a full participant in practice dealing with a concussion. Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson were both limited with a quad and a foot, respectively. And then Chase Young, limited with a knee injury. In terms of the game here, I will take the under. That's my pick. No, I'm changing this. There's no way. I'm taking the under. I'm taking Washington to cover. No, the Giants to cover Washington to win. That's probably what I want to say. No, no. I'm just going to take Washington to cover and win. Let's just do that. These teams are trending in opposite directions. Last time these two teams faced, again, like I said, it was a tie. So I will take Washington to cover and win. Uh, for the New York Giants, Daniel Jones, do I even have to say it? Can we just like pre-record a Daniel Jones blurb that we would play every time that just simply says he could fall into a QB one week because of his likes. Can we just, just make a drop? And we'll just play that every time we talk about the Giants game, but uh, Darius Slayton wide receiver three Saquon Barkley again has been underwhelming RB two or three, you know, you know, again, those are the range of outcomes, uh, but it's playoffs. I feel like you, you almost have to play him unless you have some significantly better options. For Washington, Terry McLaurin, wide receiver one. Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, both in great spots here. Eileen, Brian Robinson, on recent, based on recent usage. And then Taylor Heineke, he's an interesting QB, too. The matchup is great for him. And then Logan Thomas has tight end one upside in this matchup as well. Yeah, I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take Washington to cover, Washington to win as well. Uh, on the Giants' side, 
Darren Jones, we already know what to, to make of him. Um, Saquon Barkley, if he's playing, yeah, I think he's a got to play him. Uh, treat him as a low on RB1, uh, solid RB2 at, at, uh, at least. Um, so you're playing him. Uh, you got here with him. The receivers, if Darius Slayton is able to go, he's like the only pass catcher I would want. Um, and Dave Bellinger is a low end, uh, no, tight end two territory. On the Washington side, um, it's mostly Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson being those guys in, in the running game as RB3s. Uh, I think Brian Robinson, this could be a matchup for him to get that edge because they're going to be up. Uh, so he's an RB2 for me. I think he can possibly get that upside. Uh, Terry McLaurin, wide receiver one. Uh, and that's about it. Uh, should be a good day for that commander's defense for sure. Most definitely. Let's move on to this next matchup, the last matchup of the day. Monday Night Football, 8.15 p.m., the 4-9 Los Angeles Rams travel to Green Bay, Wisconsin, to take on the 5-8 Green Bay Packers. This game has a 39.5-point total, where the Green Bay Packers are 7-point home favorites. You get, Greg, a frozen tundra game in Lambeau this week. It is expected to be uh, freezing temperatures, so it will be cold. We'll see all of the, you know, the the... The, the, you know, people breathing and all the air coming out of their mouth. So it will be one of those games there. Aaron Jones limited with an ankle. David Bakhtiari, the tackle, he's doubtful after, you know, having, you know, his appendix removed. Uh, and then for the L.A. Rams, John Wolford, he is out dealing with a neck injury. Aaron Donald was a DNP with an ankle there. Um, and then in terms of the – Game here as uh, Greg suffers through a little bit of some technical difficulties there, it looks like. Uh, For the Green Bay, I'm going to take the under here. I'm going to take the Los Angeles Rams to cover. I will take the Green Bay Packers to ultimately win the game. Uh, And then for... Uh, In terms of the fantasy, I will take um, Christian Watson as a wide receiver one. Aaron Jones, a have him down as an RB one this week. Aaron Rodgers will be a QB two. AJ Dillon, have him down in running back three territory. Alan Lazard, a low-end wide receiver three. And then for the L.A. Rams, it's really tough. Baker Mayfield, obviously, his first game back or his first game in general with the with the Rams, looked he looked good. Uh, but I, I don't can't see myself uh, can't see myself playing anybody from this game. Um, Maybe in DFS or something, but in the fantasy playoffs, uh, definitely can't do it. Um, maybe just maybe the running backs, but that would be it. Um, sorry, just communicating with Greg here says his internet crashed, so that's unfortunate there. Um, Trying to see if we can get him to rejoin us.
all right it looks like we might not be able to get greg in here so let's just proceed carry on with the rest of the show so again sorry for the technical difficulties for those that are watching live uh for those that are listening in podcast platform you it's uh you know we've been able to speed up time how about that uh let's get into the starts of the week and I won't completely spoil Greg's starts of the week just in case we do get him back in here. Uh, but I will talk about my starts of the week. And for my quarterback start of the week, this may seem like an obvious answer. Um, somewhat is, but I'm going with it for two reasons. Uh, because the matchup doesn't per- is perceived to not be a great one um, because of how well this defense has been playing. And... Uh, then I will, uh, on top of that, it hasn't been a great week for quarterbacks. And on top of that, who I selected for my quarterback start of the week, Greg also selected. And, you know, we don't, we'll, we might double up for a stream of the week, but for starts of the week, we, we almost never double up. Uh, so my quarterback start of the week this week is going to be Mr. Justin Fields going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. And again, like I said, I know the Philadelphia defense seems like a tough matchup. But over the last three weeks, over the last three games, they've allowed the ninth most fantasy points to the quarterback position. So, you know, Fields has been dominant with his legs. I expect that to continue. If you've been able to ride him to this point into the fantasy playoffs, let him take you here to a championship. That starts this week. Top five week here for Justin Fields. Book it. My running back start of the week this week is going to be Brian Robinson Jr. going up against the New York Giants. I am going back to the well. That is the New York Giants. Uh, Brian Robinson had his best game of his career and of the season two weeks ago when he played against these same Giants. Miles Sanders put up a buck 44 and two playing against these same Giants last week. So, again, going with Brian Robinson, attacking this New York Giants rush defense. And over the last three three weeks, over the last three games, they have allowed the fifth most PPR points to the running back position. Robinson has seen an uptick in volume uh, and is coming, again, off of his best game, was even involved as a pass catcher, and could be more utilized in that part of the game, seeing as he's a rookie coming off of a bye week. So, you like like we like to say, Rookies after the bye, especially if they come this late in the season. It's it's even more of a reason to go and to, to hammer that one home. And then when my wide receiver start of the week, that's the one where you uh gotta take some Pepto Bismol before you before you, you you put this one in your lineup. But my wide receiver start of the week is Chris Moore. Um talked about him before, but going real deep here. This is a deep league play. You know, you're not gonna play him over you know, your Justin Jefferson's or, uh, you know, the guys in, in that caliber uh, of players, right? Like Tyreek Hill, who's, again, playing the snow game. Stephon Diggs playing the snow game. Play those guys. But if you need high upside, you just went against George Kittle, who dropped, you know, almost 30 on you. You need to counteract that some way, somehow. Uh, you know, got to go high risk, high reward here. Chris Moore, I think, is your guy. Um Last week, he saw 12 targets. 
caught 10 of them for 124 receiving yards. And potentially another week here, again, no Cooks, no Nico Collins, could mean more wide receiver one usage here for Chris Moore. The game strip, the game script should be negative, and he should continue to see targets funneled his way without many options available uh, to whoever is playing at quarterback, you know, especially without a Damian Pierce, uh, you know, as well to lean on in the run game. I think this could get a little ugly here, um, you know, for in terms of, of, uh, you know, the options that are going to be available to whoever's playing quarterback. So Chris Moore, wide receiver one uh, usage from his team. I think that ultimately lands him as at, at least a wide receiver two uh, for fantasy. So uh, tight end start of the week here. This one I feel like is pretty obvious. I'm going with Greg Dulcich up against the Arizona Cardinals. This one is really simple. No Cortland Sutton, no Kendall Hinton. And he gets to play Arizona. So, yeah, going all in on, on Greg Dosich for a top five week. Now, those are my starts of the week. Let's get into Greg's starts of the week here. And um, let's start with his quarterback start of the week. Like I mentioned, Greg, he did not steal my quarterback start of the week. He, he rightfully chose a very good start of the week here in Dak Prescott. And, you know, gets to go up against Jacksonville, who over their last three games allowed the seventh most fantasy points to the quarterback position. Dak hasn't been great, but I feel like this is the perfect spot for him in a game that has a decently high total, I believe 43 and a half. And Jacksonville should make it competitive. So I I do like Dak Prescott here to have himself a, a top, top 10 day for fantasy managers. And then Greg's running back start of the week. Going back to the Houston well, I went to the Giants well for back-to-back weeks after going to Miles Sanders last week. And Greg is going back to the Houston well after going to the Tony Pollard, uh, going to Tony Pollard, his, his start of the week last week. This time he goes with Isaiah Pacheco of Kansas City. And again, Houston, not great against the running back position. 10th most PPR points to the running backs over their last three games. So this is a fantastic matchup for Pacheco, uh, who's done well, you know, given his opportunities. And again, should have the opportunities here in a game in which the Chiefs are 14-point favorites. Uh, again, the, the matchup is really good. So I, I really do like Pacheco to have himself a, a day being in a smash spot here. It could be an RB1 um, helping people advance in the fantasy playoffs. And then there is Christian Watson of the L.A. Rams, or sorry, not of the L.A. Rams, of the Green Bay Packers going up against the L.A. Rams. And this matchup, not super great, 17th most PPR points to the wide receiver position. But this is all about staying with your guys here, you know, staying with the guys that got you this far. Christian Watson, he's been really good. Um, And while the, you know, the – the matchup isn't fantastic. You know, the Rams allow the 17th most. There's still an advantageous matchup allowing more posi- more fantasy points to wide receivers than the average matchup here. So Christian Watson, who's been really good uh, over his last four games, again, in a, a, a matchup that should be a positive one here. I have him inside my top 12 of wide receivers is the wide receiver 11. So that puts him as a wide receiver one. So you definitely got to start Christian Watson this week. So I totally agree with him being Greg's uh, start of the week. 
And I mentioned earlier that Greg, quote unquote, stole a start of the week for me at the quarterback position. Well, guess what? He did the same thing at tight end. And me and him were having the same idea here with our starts of the week, stacking the quarterback with the tight end here. And he went with Dak Prescott as his quarterback start of the week. He's going with Dalton Schultz, which is exactly what I was trying to do here. So if you have Dak Prescott, you have Dalton Schultz. Shoot, if you have them both, start them up. But Dalton Schultz, again, gets a fantastic matchup. Jacksonville, over the last three games, allows the second most PPR points to the tight end position. So Dalton Schultz in a fantastic spot. I think he's a top two option at the position uh, behind only Travis Kelsey this week. So you're definitely going to start him up. Now, unfortunately, we don't get Greg back in here. So that means we can't play get money. Uh, we're going to have to figure some way there to break that tiebreaker. We'll see. We'll figure it out. But um, everyone, we definitely appreciate y'all for vibing with us. We appreciate y'all kicking it with us here on this lovely Friday evening. We usually don't record on Friday. Here we are. We haven't done a Friday show in a minute. But anyway, we'll see y'all on Monday when we break down the week that was, week 15. Hopefully more of you, all of you that are listening to this, are getting into the fantasy playoffs. So we're going to you know, be back here Monday trying to help you advance from round two to round three get to that that fantasy championship and there's you know keep going one and all each week y'all so good luck this week enjoy all the football just remember saturday there's games those players can't be in your flex unless you've already played some thursday night players and then you got to put them in your flex but essentially you got to make sure that these guys are in a running back or wide receiver or a quarterback position if you play super flex so that you can have some flexibility, especially in the fantasy playoffs. You don't want that to be a reason you get eliminated. Keep doing the stuff that got you here. Keep doing, keep playing the players that got you to this point. Keep listening to us or following whatever, you know, content creators, listening to whatever content, consuming whatever content, reading articles, whatever it is that you're doing, keep doing it. We'll see y'all on Monday. Good luck. Have a good one. And we're out of here. Peace.